It is so good to be with you all this morning. Uh, Most of us have had at least a a few times during our lives where we've been invited to to start over, invited to kind of hit reset, to say goodbye to what we've known and hello to new possibilities, to, to new dreams. Now, usually those those times come during moments of transition, changing schools, moving, beginning a new job, becoming new parents or, or grandparents, closing one calendar year, beginning another. Now, fresh starts, they can be exciting, but they can also be daunting or even scary. My, my niece is getting ready to start college. She's terrified. She's terrified. So we step into a new setting with butterflies in our stomach, or we don't sleep the night before that fresh start begins, tossing and turning in anticipation. In more ways than one, Easter, it's a fresh start. People gather all over the world to acknowledge it for for services and sanctuaries like this at at the beach, in parks, uh, all in homes, all over the place to celebrate this this fresh start, this this change in how we understand life and death and what's available to us. There's reason to celebrate. So we, we should go big on a day like today with, with great music, with, with good friends, with good food, with Easter egg hunts, wearing our Sunday best. You all look beautiful, by the way. The tomb is empty. Jesus conquered the grave. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. But the thrill of Easter, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not like Right when you got to church this morning, you you hit pause on everything else that's happening outside of the walls of this church. It's not like you hit pause on our our day-to-day lives or completely set aside the worries that you have for tomorrow or for next week. Nor will we end this service in a half hour or so with, with every question that we've ever had about God answered. It's not like you'll finish hearing me preach and you'll say, oh, Dave answered all my questions. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry to let you down. But the beauty of today, really the the reason that we're celebrating is that we can find hope even in the midst of all those worries that we carry with us outside of the walls of this church in our everyday, day-to-day life. We can find hope carrying those worries, carrying those fears with all of the questions that we have about God and who God is and who God might be. We can find hope with all of that in and through the resurrection. Easter, it's another opportunity for a fresh start. It's exciting, maybe a little nerve-wracking, and hopefully a chance to get a glimpse of how deep and wide God's love is for you and for me, really, for the entire world. Now, the first Easter, it didn't have the pomp and circumstance of all of our celebrations today. But it held that same sort of tension that often comes with new beginnings, with fresh starts. Listen to how the Gospel of John shares the good news of what happened that morning. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. 
So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the Easter Bunny has a, a tradition at our house that sends the roadie kids, our, our, our kids, the three of them, out together on a, a hunt for their baskets. He hides the plastic ba- eggs in sequential order all around with, with one riddle. So they'd open an egg, there's one riddle in it, and then they go to the next egg and there's another riddle in it. They, and they all lead to something else. The clever bunny leaves hints like, your next egg can be found in the place where your clothes go when they need to get warm. Where? The dryer. The kids will scatter to check the drawers in their room and think, oh, where do my clothes go to get warm? Where do they go to get... And then one of them will shout from the room, the dryer! And they'll all run to get the egg. In previous years, the riddles have sent them all over the place, even beyond the house, to neighbor's yards, to a a grandparent's pocket. The last clue, it leads to their baskets. And their baskets are all piled together full of Easter goodies, blobfish toys, and treats. There's nothing quite like coming home, exhausted from all that goes in to this day. All that goes into Holy Week and Easter services to find them working together to to solve this massive joy-filled puzzle. I'm excited to see where the Easter Bunny takes us this afternoon. When Mary Magdalene arrives at the tomb early that Easter morning, she arrives to a puzzle that she couldn't have anticipated finding. In Matthew, we're told that she's accompanied by another person. Mark tells us that there were two others. And Luke tells us that there was an entire group of women together. But John, for whatever reason, John just highlights Mary, one person. She's the one who arrives early. She's the one who's there at first light on the first day of the week to usher in a new beginning. I imagine that she didn't sleep too well. Remember that that new beginning piece? She didn't know what sort of new beginning she was anticipating, but she knew that Jesus had died. So I imagine she had those butterflies. She wasn't quite sure what this new start held. I imagine she didn't sleep too well, and finally, kind of like a lot of us do, when we don't sleep well, we we roll out of bed, and at at 3 a.m. or so, she, she got up and she left to take care of her friend. It's not much of a stretch at all to think she was pondering a a different sort of new beginning. Again, how, how is my life going to look now that Jesus is gone? It's the same sort of new beginning that, that any of us 
feel that any of us go through any time that we lose a loved one and have to force ourselves to, to move forward one step at a time. And it's only after journeying through that despair, a pain that led her running to Simon Peter and John to share that someone had stolen Jesus' body, that she finds hope. Between the three of them, Mary, Simon Peter, and John, we learn that we can find hope as we look for, as we, we wonder about, and as we experience the risen Christ. Now, when I was a, a young boy I, and I'd lose something, usually in my room or around my house, I'd, I'd run to my mom and say, Mom, I need help. How many of you moms know that from a son or a daughter? Mom, I need help. Where, where is it? Where is it? And my mom, uh, before I knew it, she started charging me. So I'd say, Mom, where is it? And she'd say, Nickel. I'm fairly certain I still owe her a nickel or a hundred. More often than not, the object that I was looking for was right in front of me, in the place that should have been obvious. That's not how it was for Mary, for Simon Peter, and for John. Not at all. Mary knew the facts. She knew that Jesus' body wasn't there. But that was it. So John and Peter, they run to help. Of course, none of them immediately assume, oh yeah, that makes sense, Jesus has risen. They had heard him talk about the resurrection. They had witnessed him raise Lazarus from the dead. But in the grand scheme of things, they connected the resurrection with what was coming in the future, in the end times. That's not what they expected. Eventually, the Easter moment brings them hope. In the same way, it should bring us hope. As the future, what they expected to come, comes crashing in to the present. Peter and John, they run to the tomb, and I, I've always loved this part of the story. John, who refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved, points out that he's a better athlete than Peter. We both ran, and I got there first humanizes the story for me he gets there first but he he stops at the entryway he's shocked at what he finds and john uses three verbs to describe what happens next and though the actions look different for us they still bring us hope today this these these words these action words we can take today as well when John, the beloved disciple, stops at the mouth of the grave, he, he, he looks inside. Remember, he's the one who races there. He's the better athlete. He gets there first. And he stops and he, he looks inside. We're not sure if he stops out of fear, maybe out of respect for the dead. But we know that he pauses and he, he, just, he just takes it all in. A few months ago, I found myself in a, a similar place to what I imagine John felt that day. My uncle, my mom's brother, a hero from the Vietnam War, whose name I share, who I grew up looking up to, had passed away. And on the day of his internment, my mom, dad, and I found ourselves in the office alone with the funeral director. She asked, is there any clergy here? My mom pointed to me and started to weep. 
And then she asked, well, do you want me to carry your uncle's remains in or do you want to? I stopped. It was heavy. She saw the tears in our eyes. And she said before we even said anything, hey, why don't, why don't you, why don't you carry him in? I can see this is important. We were caught in that moment and we needed help moving on to what was next. So John, he's, he's taken aback. He feels the weight of what was happening. So he stops. He stops. He looks around. Now, in the mind of those who first read this account of the resurrection, seeing something, seeing something with our eyes was the beginning of understanding. It was the the starting point of a journey. But it wasn't necessarily enough to push a person into belief. And that's because, as we all know, our, our eyes can deceive us. Think about the times you've seen something and have had to do one of those kind of double takes. Am I, am I really seeing that? One of those moments where your first look wasn't convincing enough, so you have to turn and look again. John looks inside and he sees the burial clothes lying on the ground, and it wasn't at all what he expected to find. First, Jesus' body wasn't there, and second, if someone had stolen Jesus' body, which was the only rational or plausible explanation at that point, why did they leave the clothes? We'll return to those clothes in a, in a moment. But John, hitting pause and looking around at the, the mouth of the tomb, reminds us to pay attention to our surroundings. It's a reminder that glimpses of God's kingdom, they pop up all around us if we actually stop, hit pause, and look around. Then we're told that Peter caught up to John and and ran right by him into the tomb. As he stood inside the empty cave, what he saw, or what he did, it caused him to to wonder. It's a a different word that's used here. In the Greek, it's one that that gives us the English word to theorize, to, to, to make up a theory, to think of an explanation. John stands outside the grave, observing it all, taking it all in. And, and Simon Peter, who had become the leader of the early church, he jumps in and he starts thinking about the possibilities. What, what could this all be about? What's, what's happening? The Jewish practice at the time was to wrap a deceased body in, in linen cloths and then use a separate covering for the head. It was the way they embalmed a body. Simon Peter finds the linens and the head wrappings in a a neat, separate pile. They weren't thrown around. They weren't disheveled. They were well kept. Mary thought someone had stolen Jesus' body. But if that were true, the grave clothes, they would have been thrown around. And Peter, he, he knows that something is up. But he couldn't quite put a finger on it. Doesn't make sense. His response is a good one for for those of us who have doubts. He held on to hope. He wondered about what was happening while not knowing all the answers. He he believed there was something more, but he, he couldn't articulate it. And in the middle of those questions and in that wondering, he had hope. 
For a lot of us, our doubts push us to a place of disbelief or or to a place of apathy. I'm wired that way. We get stuck in our heads. Can't find our way forward. Simon Peter shows us how to push through those barriers, to ask questions, to search for answers. Jesus wasn't in the tomb and there had to be a reason why. Eventually, John, the, the athlete, he, he comes in and, and he joins Peter and we're told that he saw and believed. There's a, a third Greek word that John uses to describe what happens in the tomb and it's he experienced it. He comprehended it. He grasped it. It's as if he put it all together, remembering that Jesus preached and talked with them about this moment. And at that time, he saw everything that had happened, everything that they had journeyed together through, through the lens of Holy Week and through the lens of the resurrection. We can imagine Peter standing in the tomb saying, what is it? What, what's happening? And John running in, overcome with emotion, saying, oh my goodness. Or stronger words. He's risen. And yet, even as we're told that John experienced the risen Christ, he didn't have all the answers. Verse 9 tells us that they didn't understand the scriptures at that point. He still didn't have all the answers. His faith was real, but it wasn't, wasn't complete. Peter and John had the privilege of standing in the grave in the place where Jesus' body should have been. They experienced it. And yet, it was a fresh start. In a lot of ways, it was the beginning of their journey. It's a great reminder for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time or those of us who are are just beginning that journey. We've still got a ways to go. And Easter, every single Easter is an opportunity for a new start to experience the risen Christ. That's what the first Easter morning was all about. It was daunting, it was scary, it was exciting. And in the midst of it all, Mary, Simon, Peter, and John, they find a way to move forward with hope. May this Easter be a fresh start for us. Even as we carry all the questions that we have, even as we we carry all the worries we have about what's going on in our own lives and what's happening in our world. May this Easter be an opportunity to have a fresh start to give us hope. Let's pray. Holy God, it's good to celebrate, to gather together, to sing songs of praise, to listen to what happened that first Easter morning. God, as we proclaim that you are risen, remind us that the resurre- what the resurrection means for us now and today. Lord, may we be a people full of hope as we look for, wonder about, and experience you in our day-to-day lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen.